What's up, loves? This is Taking Up Space, the podcast. This is a safe space for the raw and honest conversations that we're all dying to have, and some that we probably didn't know that we needed to hear. This space is for everyone. I mean, if you're a human, then this space is for you. I'm your host, Amanda Murphy. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor, therapist, guru, feelings facilitator, health at every size advocate, but most importantly, I'm a fellow human, just like you. I believe that we more than deserve to take up every ounce of space on this planet that was meant for us. We are meant to not only bloom, but to flourish in our bodies and to live a life that is so magical, so authentically aligned to our soul's existence that its radiance could be seen easily from the moon, no telescope required. I'm here to guide you through breaking the cycle of the everyday rat race, ditch diet culture, turn off autopilot, and turn the volume all the way freaking up on your soul's deepest desires, your purest magic that I just know without a doubt is deep inside of you, and to help you have the healthiest, most nurturing relationship with yourself ever, mind, body, and soul. What are we waiting for? Let's dive on in. Hey, boo-boos. Yes, so if you're here, you just heard the brand new intro. So we're changing it up a little bit, and I'm going to be full transparency here. I almost purchased a new royalty-free sound for the podcast, like the music that you're hearing in the background while I'm talking. I almost purchased new uh, songs or guess what, music, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I said, you know what? No, this is the sound, the music that is the foundation of taking up space of this space for us. And I didn't want to change it because I know it's what you guys are used to. And I didn't want to freak you out. (laughs) So no, not really. I really just wanted to keep it kind of the same, you know, just kind of keep its roots. I guess you could say, I guess that's the best way to put it. I wanted to keep some of its roots, but anyways, yes. So it's a change. There's a new intro. And if you're wondering like, okay, why? Um, that's because we grow, we change, we expand as humans. I do, you do, we all do. And so there is going to be some changes, but don't freak out if whatever you have been hearing, whatever, um, you love about this podcast up until this point, that's saying like nothing is changing about this podcast. This podcast is a safe space as I love to call it. It's a place where I like to facilitate and to have, raw, honest, authentic conversations. It's a safe space for other amazing humans to come on and share their stories. And we're going to keep talking about all the hard stuff, asking ourselves the hard questions and just really, it's going to continue. It's going to continue to be what it's always been, but it's going to grow. It's going to expand and everything. And as you may have noticed lately, there has always been kind of a little bit of sprinkle of things other than just intuitive eating and just stitching diet culture and just body positivity. Because truth is, it is so freaking hard to just talk about one thing because we are not single-minded human beings. We're not single, I'm going to say single-minded. That's not the best word. But I guess the best way to say it is we're multidimensional. We are multifaceted, meaning there's so much that contributes to our lives. There's so much that goes on within us that makes us who we are. And we can't ignore a single one of those. We have to nurture and acknowledge and respect each dimension within ourselves. 
in order to basically just be a human. And so it's only natural that we have these conversations about all of those spaces, all of those dimensions within ourselves. So yes, it's intuitive eating. Yes, it's ditching diet culture and having a healthy relationship with food and exercise and our bodies. But within our bodies, it's not just about food. It's not just about our weight. It's about the traumas we experience in life, past, present, and future. It's about, you know, who we want to be, what lights up our soul's circuit board, what, you know, it just makes us feel disgusting what makes us feel alive it's it's so much more than just the food and our exercise and our relationship with with food and 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 in society and you know diet culture perpetuates so much crap onto us but so does society society expectations in our careers as a mother as a daughter as a sister as a wife as a a partner as a girlfriend as a just a single human being as a mother I already said mother I'm rambling. You can tell now. So not just as, you know, all those things, but even even the men, you know, I know that my listeners are predominantly women. And I know that all of you, we, we all probably identify as women. But a lot of this is is the stuff that affects men. And I don't want to exclude necessarily any of my male listeners or or any of my um, listeners, depending on, you know, how you identify, because we're all human at the end of the day. And so it affects us. And and so we, of course, can't ignore any aspect. So a lot of these conversations have always been and will continue to be multidimensional, multifaceted. And we will talk about everything that it means to be a human. And a phrase that you're going to hear me throw around is feelings facilitating, feelings facilitator. Because one of the biggest things that I have come to realize in my almost 30 years on this planet, which side note, I'm recording this podcast on July 28th, um, August 26th. So we are less than 30 days away. I will be 30 years old. My birthday is coming up. I am a Virgo. Shout out to all my fellow Virgos. If your birthday happens to be on August 26th, please, for the love of God, let me know so I can celebrate with you because we are some badass mofos. Not to say the rest of you aren't either. I love you all equally, but Virgos holler at me. Anyways, so what I have learned in this 30 years on this planet is, hold on, let me recoup. I kind of lost my thought. Oh, yes. We ignore our feelings, okay? We ignore them. We shove them down, and we are taught to do that. We are taught to do that from a young age. Think about it from a, a child's perspective. Story for another day. I don't want children. Okay, I don't. I don't want to be a mother. I don't want to birth anything. Not me. Not for me. Not gonna happen. Can't change my mind. Haven't happened in 12 years. Not not happening. Anyways, seeing children though, and what I know about the psychology of being a human and of being children, and I've been around tons of kids in my whole life. All of my friends have kids. Family has young kids. Been around kids. So we're always kind of seeing kids through a lot of tantrums. To various degrees, of course, you know, some kids throw more than others. Why they're throwing a tantrum uh, definitely varies as well. Um, how long their tantrums last, how they, ex- you know, um, what's they're looking for? Not expel, but I guess how they exhibit themselves during their tantrums. Um, you know, do we really consider it a tantrum? Maybe they're just crying. Maybe they're screaming. Maybe they're yelling. I mean, I guess we we call it a tantrum, but it can be so many things. And, you know, we kind of look at this, again, I guess even simplistically saying we look at it as a tantrum. 
And when we say the word tantrum right off the bat, we're not, it's not a positive thing. Like to say like, oh, my daughter threw a tantrum or my son threw a tantrum. I mean, we don't think like, oh, that's great. Like, that's great. That's wonderful that your daughter or your son threw a tantrum. That's wonderful. But it really is. I mean, we are meant to be intuitive human beings. We are born intuitive human beings. We are born intuitive eaters. How do you think an infant knows how to cry when something's bothering it? How do you know or, or how do you think that the infant knows how to cry when it's hungry? I mean, it, it just knows it feels something and it needs something, so it cries. And children, tiny humans, continue to do that as they're growing, as they're learning, as they're experiencing this world. You know, when they're three, two, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, and beyond, they're doing that. And that's what these tantrums are. So infants cry. We don't really think anything of it. That's what they're supposed to do. But then once they learn words, once, you know, these tiny humans can start putting sentences together and, and, and using one word in front of the other. It's like all of that goes out the window and you're not allowed to cry anymore. You're not allowed to have a tantrum. You're not allowed to, I don't know, I don't want to say like go against authority, but like, you know, we're, we're sidestepping into saying like, oh, well, you're talking back or you're being disrespectful or things like that. And now I'm not trying to tell anybody how to parent and I'm not critiquing anybody's parenting. I don't know how you guys parent. And I, I've seen so many wonderful parents do so many wonderful things. But my point is, is that children are tiny humans and they're just trying to process their emotions. But as we get older, you're not supposed to do that. So when you teach children who have emotions, you know, they're a young child and, and they feel something, whether that's sadness, whether that's anger, whether that's um, shame, whether that's vulnerability, whether that's, um, I'm losing, I'm trying to think of other more descriptive words, but I'm, I'm not really coming up with any, but I think you get the point, you know, so these children, and when I say children, I mean, I'm talking like toddlers, I'm talking like five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, probably all the way up until about 10, I would say at least, you know, it can be older, I don't really think anybody's excluded, but especially the younger kids, you know, they feel things and they don't really know what they're feeling. Things happen to them. They see things, they experience, they experience things, and it could be very average everyday things. Life, playground, daycare, school, siblings, just normal everyday life, or it could be very traumatic things. Like they witness, you know, somebody being abused, a parent, they witness a, a death in the family. They, you know, experience neglect emotionally physically whatever it could be severe like that um you know sexual abuse you name it um so it varies but they don't know why they're feeling what they feel sometimes a lot of the times if not all the time but they know they feel it and they're going to react however they want to react and I'm not discrediting either because, again, I've not been a parent. I've seen some kids throw some tantrums just because they don't get their way. Um, and that's still an emotion. That's still a feeling, you know, or or the, the battery died on the Barbie Jeep and they have to wait, you know, five hours for it to fully charge again. They're mad. They're upset. They're frustrated. They're pissed off. That's still a feeling. That's still an emotion. And, yes, they do have to learn just like we do as an adult you know, there's cause and effects and some things are just the way it is and all that. Yes, I get that. But that's their way of processing these emotions. But we teach them that there's supposed circumstances that you have to not do that. Like you can't go to school and throw tantrums every day because I'm going to be called 
by the principal. You're going to be in the principal's office. You're going to disrupt the other kids from learning. You're not going to learn. You're going to be held back in second grade, and then we're going to do this all over again. So moral of that story that the child soaks up is that whatever you're feeling, don't express it that way. And I don't really see, I've not seen, I'm not hearing of how we're helping children to process those feelings and express those feelings in a nurturing, understanding, I don't want to say positive, but positive way, you know? So maybe the tantrum, the kicking, the screaming, the crying, outward bursts, outward outbursts aren't the favorable way to express how you're feeling, you know? There's other ways to do so, but we're not teaching kids how to do this. We're not. We're growing up to be adults who have the same problems. Think of how many times maybe you've been in a relationship yourself, I know I have, where communication is a huge problem, and you feel like you're beating your head against the wall, and maybe it's because I'm not communicating the best, and maybe it's because the other person's not communicating the best, but what is the best way to communicate? How? How? What is effective communication? And, and how, when I feel a certain type of way, am I sharing how I feel effectively? Am I getting how I feel across? Or how many of us are people pleasers? And how many of us bottle up our emotions? We don't like to share. We don't like to talk about how we feel. We don't, we don't know how to talk about how we feel. Or, or are you like me? And when you start talking about how you feel, you break down and you cry like an idiot because it feels so disgusting. Vulnerability to me is, is it feels so gross, but I know you need to be vulnerable. And sometimes maybe that's because of who's receiving that, vulner, that vulnerability. I don't know. My point here, though, is that we have just been taught from a young age to just not feel. Like, don't feel. Like, you're not supposed to be upset about these things. You're just not. And you're not supposed to outwardly express your feelings. And it just kind of goes across the board all the way up into adulthood. Like, you're not supposed to question authority. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're taught we're not supposed to do. You know, you go through school, you just follow the status quo and and all of that. And I mean, that's another episode that I have recorded that's coming to you later at a later date, um, more specifically. But like sticking on the topic of feelings here, I just don't see where any corner of my childhood, children maybe before me, children now, where are we teaching people to cultivate a great expression of their feelings? Are we helping children to process what they're feeling, identify it, feel it, move through it, move with it, and move past it? No, probably freaking not. Why? Because we're not even doing that with ourselves. So no wonder we're frustrated all the time and we're confused and we feel so many different things all the time because we have so many feelings bottled up inside of us from years of repression, of years of experience, of years of moments where we wanted to say how we felt, we wanted to speak up, and we just didn't. We didn't. Or maybe we did speak up. You know, we took that leap or we, we had that moment where we said, that's it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to share how I feel. I'm going to try to have that conversation. And it didn't go how we wanted it to. And whether that was because maybe you didn't share how you felt in a way that was effective, maybe it was because despite your effective communication, the other person wasn't effectively hearing you. They weren't effectively listening. Because it takes two people when we're talking about a conversation and then about a situation where, you know, you're sharing it with somebody else. That person needs to be effective as well. 
We are a byproduct of people's traumas, built up, repented traumas, broken people. And we are just going to continue to be broken people. And when I say broken, I just mean people who can't feel their feelings. So don't take that offensively, please. I don't mean like we are broken, useless, throws to the trash people, but broken in the sense of feeling our feelings. We are broken people too, because we were raised by broken people who never learned how to effectively express their emotions, express their feelings, express their needs, none of that, we don't know how to do that either. And until we stop, until we start changing the game, until we, until we start cultivating feelings, facilitating feelings, and learning how to express them in a healthy way, we're not going to break that cycle and we're going to raise broken people. That's what's going to happen. And I know this might be blowing your mind. You're like, Amanda, have you literally lost your mind? No, no, no. I have become so obsessed with feelings. With feelings, with traumas, how they interact, and so much more. And I've only learned the amazing power of feelings and our soul's deepest desires and, and, and messages and, and how everything intertwines through intuitive eating. I owe so much to intuitive eating because through giving up diet culture and going through my personal intuitive eating journey, I have learned to listen to my body and not just in the way of my relationship with food and my relationship with the size of my body. Yes, that came first. It was like a, did what came first, the chicken or the egg? No, that egg came first. The egg of intuitive eating with my body and my relationship with food, that came first first but through that journey through mastering that journey so to say even though there is no master level but you know through really going through it and getting deep and into it I have listened to my body and my soul and I have really uncovered so much more and I have learned that our relationship with food and our 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 what we put in our body every day and our relationship with the size of our body goes way, way, way beyond what food we have in our pantry, what food we call good, and what food we call bad. That is the tip of the iceberg. That's almost like the face mask to the problem. That's like almost like the the way the true root cause disguises itself. Like it's so profound to me that even, I mean, I don't want to neglect and say that that's not an issue. That is, that truly, truly is without a doubt, a problem. A lot of people have with food morality and that's a a fabulous thing to work on. Like really digging through your relationship with food morality is a huge thing. It'll move mountains for you, but time and time again, myself, other clients, case studies that I've, I've read, case studies that I've heard of other professionals working with uh, clients on, and, and just so much everywhere I turn, it's deep, 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 deep down, it's a belief system problem. It's a feelings problem. It is a deep-rooted, internalized belief system. 
You know, whether that was beliefs because we've learned things that we've internalized based on the traumas we've experienced. It's all of that deep within our core and how it kind of webs and flows its way through us and through our existence. It surfaces into a weight problem. It surfaces. And I don't mean weight problem in the physical sense. I mean a problem that we have with our weight and and a problem that we have with food. That's how it surfaces. That's how it expresses itself. And diet culture does it, it, it feeds on all of these things and teaches us that in order to be perfect and to be more, you know, morally sound and to be acceptable and beautiful and all of these things that deep down we want to be, which side note, we've always been those things, but we want to feel like we are these things. So what do we do? We hold on to that. And then the way that all of this has surfaced just fits so perfectly into everything that diet culture has taught us because they, they mold us. They, they, what's the groom? That's sort of what they groom us. They groom us into this. So, so the way that all of this surfaces with issues with ourselves, they, tie it to our weight and to our body size and the way our appearances, uh, what our appearance is like, and, and they feed off of it. So that just reinforces it. But I guarantee you, after we peel back, it's like an onion. Like, let's go back to Shrek and take the onion, you know, motto. Is that the word I'm looking for? Motto, mantra, say, saying, saying, maybe? I don't know. Let's use it, though. Okay? It's like an onion. And you have an onion, and the first layer is your issue with food. Your relationship with food, you know, um, you know, labeling food as good and bad, having morality on food. That's that's layer one. OK. And then you have your second layer, which is like your beliefs and your stigmas and your phobias around, you know, weight, body size, you know, because uh, if you didn't have an issue with your weight or your body size, then why would you have an issue with food? Right. Um, you know, so that's layer two. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. And guess what? Down at the core. There's traumas, ones you didn't even know you had, ones that are so subconscious that are just imprinted deep within you that once we dig those suckers up, you're like, oh, my God, that happened when I was seven. I didn't even know that that still impacted me. And you're just like, holy shit. And once you dig that up, once you pluck it out, you feel it, you hear it. You let it breathe, then you light it the fuck on fire, you get rid of it, you're like, none of the fucking rest of it matters. Those outer layers of that onion, you don't even know where they are. Because you got to the core of what's really going on. What's really the problem? What's really causing all of everything that's upsetting within you? And it's not just one thing. I use that example as like that one thing that happened when I was seven. That's an example. I would love to tell you it's just one thing, but I guarantee you for 99% of us, if not 99.9, it's not one thing. It's multiple things, but they're way, way, way bigger, way deeper than you labeling Oreos bad. I promise you that. And I know this has gone to a, such a different place than what we started with. But all of this to say that feelings are so magical and they're so powerful and they're just so meant to be felt. And they just make everything better when we feel them. But we're afraid to. We are afraid to feel them. 
Why do you think we all want to be skinny? Because we're afraid to be fat. Why? Because society has taught us that being fat is bad. Being fat is unworthy. Being fat is disgusting. And we don't want to feel those things. It's a feelings problem. That's what it is. And side note, I obviously am using all of that for example sake. Being fat is not disgusting or any of those things. Being fat is just as beautiful as being skinny. Fat is a description just like skinny is a description, just like yellow is a description, just like polka dotted is a description. Okay? So side note that, that that is an example. But it's a feelings problem. Think about sometimes how friendships, relationships with parents, romantic relationships, sometimes they would all just be easier if you felt like communication was easier. If you guys can can communicate and I hear you, you hear me, how many times do you just feel like you're having a conversation and you're like, I'm beating a dead horse because you're not hearing me. You're not understanding what I'm saying. How many times? How many times do you think if you guys could get to that place where I hear you, you hear me, and it feels like a successful conversation, that it probably would change the whole dynamic of the relationship? Hear me out. Feelings are important. They matter so much. And I've become obsessed with feeling my feelings, hearing them, nurturing them, feeling them, growing them, allowing them, and giving them space to be. But if they are uncomfortable, they're not feelings I want to feel, I don't want to hold on to them. I don't want to keep them around. I don't want them to linger. But they're not going to go away unless you nurture them, you give them the space, and you, you work through it, and then you tell them to get the fuck out. But they're not going to get out. And you're not going to be able to tell them to get the heck out unless you know that they're there, unless you work through them, unless you kind of guide them to the door and say, bitch, here's your exit cue. They're not going to go anywhere unless you make them go somewhere. But we don't do anything with them. We just don't. We just stuff them down. We just ignore them. We just keep moving on. We just keep going through the rat race, the daily cycle, in and out, the the autopilot way of living this modern-day life in America, or anywhere, if you're not in America, and we just keep going, okay? So that's just a very weird, very deep, very passionate, because I know I just, I got all up in my jam there, about why feelings are just something that I've become so infatuated with, and why trauma is something that I'm obsessed with, because it is so impactful, and it's so just... Our body keeps the score, okay? Our body hones in on everything that we experience in life, and it's just, it's important, okay? We are going to dive so much more into all of this, you know, on several different episodes all over. I mean, you'll always continue to hear me talk about different subcategories and whatnot, but just know it's important, and I I cannot live my life. I cannot rest easy. I cannot sleep well at night if I don't tell you this, if I don't share this with you, because I believe that we, in order to live authentically, to feel so lit the fuck up, to feel so magical, and to feel the way that we always wanted to feel in life, however it is that you wake up, and you're like, God, I wish that's how I felt, and I wish that's how my life was, this is what's standing in your way. This is it. Feelings, okay? Because the magic's within you. Whoever, everything that you want to be in life is there. It's already there. It's always been there. And this is all the shit that's just in the way. You don't know how to hear your soul. You don't know how to hear its messages. You don't know how to, to, to dig deep in with, within and, and, and cultivate and to touch and to get to the surface that magic in you. 
And that's from so many parts of society, so many parts of this world that we live in, so many of those messaging, the grooming, all of it. And we're going to get so deep into all of that because I want that magic to come out. I want you to live in your soul's purpose, in what lights you up, what makes you feel so, gosh darn, alive. Because you're not meant to just live a rat race life. To wake up like it's Groundhog's Day every gosh darn day. That is not how we are meant to live life. We are intuitive human beings from the day we are born. And we lose that along the way. We lose it. We lose it and we lose even more. We lose even the ability to question things for ourselves, to think for ourselves, to ask ourselves these hard questions. And we just fall victim to this rat race every day's Groundhog's Day way of living. And I want you to wake up from it. I want to help guide you through that and onto what's waiting for you. Okay? So, I'm going to end this here before I continue down a 17th rabbit hole and I just keep going because I feel like I could talk about this forever. Forever. And then I know we don't have forever right now because a lot of you are probably driving to work because that's when I usually listen to podcasts when I'm driving someplace. Or maybe you're at work. Maybe you're on a lunch break. I don't know. But I'm sure you've got a lot of things to do. I don't want to keep you forever. But just know that you're going to hear me talk a lot more about feelings. You're going to hear me use phrases like feelings facilitator, facilitating our feelings. Because that's what I want you to do. I want to teach you how to do it. I want to do it with you. Okay? So, and it's magical. And it's going to do so much for you in your life and your overall happiness, and your well-being, and it's going to help you in every aspect of your of your being, of your existence. So if you're here for more intuitive eating and, and anti-diet, body positivity stuff, stick with me because that's all coming. Trust me. I got so much of that. If you're here because you want to live a more aligned life, you want to tap into your soul's purpose, the magic that's within you, heal your traumas, ones that you know you have, ones that maybe you have no fucking idea you have, stick around too, because we're going to do that, because we can't have one without the other. I promise you that. All right, loves, until next time, you guys have a fabulous, fabulous day. Stay safe. And if you're loving the new podcast intro, let me know. If you fucking hate it, let me know too. Trust me, I want to know what you think. You can find me over on Instagram at the Amanda Murphy. All right, loves, until next time.